head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe mma podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 160 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheen here from SevereMMA.com and with me on the 22nd of April 2018 is the Teddy Thomas of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, as we break down a big week of MMA and talk lots of stuff. We're going to talk about last night's fight night card between Edson Barboza and Kevin Lee. Uh, and there's another couple of fights on that we're talking about and a very weird finish with the man with two names, Ricky Simon. So we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about Ben Askren and Rory McDonald having a bit of beef on Twitter. And we might talk about how that fight may go. Uh, Graham will probably get into another 15-minute rant about Ben Askren like he did last week uh, again. And then we're going to talk about the World Series of Fighting <laughs> $1 million tournament or the PFL or whatever. I'm going to continue to call it World Series of Fighting. So if you don't like that, you can just stop listening to the podcast and never listen again. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean that. Just keep listening. I'm only joking. But yeah, I am going to just keep calling it World Series of Fighting. So there you go. Uh, and other things as well we're going to talk you change about. Change with the time, Sean, will you? Stop living in the past. Typical One Man United fans. Typical Man United fans. Living in the past. <laughs> Man United are in, in the final, unlike Liverpool. A provincial Cup, come on. Let's be honest. Listen, would you prefer to be in? Would you prefer to be in the semi-final of the real shit or in the the final of a crap? Sure, that's a provincial cup, cup as well. The, the, European... the continental cup, actually. Yeah, but that's what, what's what's that got to do with anything? Like it's it's a collection of of teams. The best in the continent, not to see who the best it's not is in the provinces. But sure, it's a, a continental province. That's what it is. No. Yeah, that's exactly what it is like. No, it's a, at least it's, it's a world tournament. According to you, it's no use. Yeah, you have to you have to win that to get into the world tournament, though. Do you though? Do you have yeah. to? Sure you have to win the, the Premier League. Really, you should have to to get into the continental well, tournament to get into you the world. Shouldn't, world but, uh, shouldn't do a very different, Sean. You should know that. Listen, you're going to talk about your your, your fellow uh, province mates uh, getting destroyed by uh, the boy you mentioned earlier. Uh, yeah. Teddy Tomas, he's, he's even passing to his mates. He doesn't even want to score a hat trick mm. that easily. He's just like, ah, you can have it. Yeah, this is this is this, this is rugby we're talking about now. Uh, rugby sport, union, real rugby. A sport that I literally couldn't give less of a shit about. Uh, it's good for Limerick Hurland, though. It was a great result for Limerick Hurland. Hopefully, it encourages young lads to give up that most violent sport in the world, rugby, and and concentrate. <laughs> and get uh, dick fighting. Rugby is definitely more violent than MMA, I reckon. Do you like? Doing yeah, that well, there's yeah. 35 times a year, I, you know, that's more training is pretty intense as well. Like, okay, mm-hmm. they probably tapered it down a bit with all the concussion stuff, but these most of these guys have been in a system for years of, of just bashing it up and no real uh care being taken to uh concussions. And if it's an important game, they just leave them in there, and uh, it's it's yeah, it's pretty dangerous, but I think they're trying to make it safer, which is obviously a good sign. Poor old Johnny Sexton. Is that man still alive? Is he, is he still is he still going around? Is he, he's not retired. Yeah, he's, yeah, no, he's in the final now uh, of Fair the play. European Cup. Fair play to him. I hope they win. Fair, well done. And, uh, Connor Murray needs to go to a decent team like yeah, Leinster and bring in Stockdale as well. And then you can just Leinster just win everything. So just win yeah. everything anyway, but it'd be more stylish if they have Connor Murray and, and Stockdale. Yeah, I literally couldn't give a shit. So I hope they do. I, I, I really hope they do. Con- congratulations. For what about the soccer over the weekend? Liverpool drew at West Brom their first year. Yeah, they? yeah. Fucking hell. That West was, uh, that was some, 
you, uh, even for you, you, would you watch that game? Did you? No, I saw like the last three minutes of it. So I missed everything. Oh so. so ridiculous! There was punches flying. There was, it was ridiculous. Oh, it was the referee's fault again. It was. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no ginger. So Danny has got punched. He got, got he ate some ground and pound, and the ref let it go. Uh, Salah <laughs> got backhanded in the face. <laughs> there was a couple of penalties not given. Oh, it was it was the free kick that they got for their their equalising goals. Never a free kick. It's just an absolute joke. But uh, it doesn't really matter. It's only provincial. Yeah, Darren Moore, uh, Darren Moore for West Brom job. Yeah, I like him though. Fair play to him. He's, yeah, he's, 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 he's done brilliant for them. They were dead and buried. Mm-hmm. And okay, they're still pretty much down. But he, people, when they looked at the fixture list for the last few last few fixtures, like Man United, Liverpool, they thought they'd oh, be long gone by now. But he's done a good job. But too little, too late. Uh, getting rid of Pardew. Yeah, hundred percent. But my, when they sacked my boy Tony Pulis after that, I'm glad they went down because why? What about Klopp afterwards? Did you see him? Oh, a dry pitch. He's the worst man ever for making excuses. He's a oh, he, if he was. Oh, I think if you had watched the game, team, you would you would have oh, realized man. how you would have realized how ridiculous that refereeing performance so, was. Like. No, he didn't say a ref. He said a dry pitch. He blamed. No, but he was pitch. talking. He was talking about the, the whole thing. He talked about the punches. He or the punch. He talked about the the Fucking penalties. Bad. He talked about their free not being a free. He just talked about the ref being terrible as well, and the, oh, the dry pitch is obviously part of it as well. But uh, uh, that's you actually, you know, just, it as well. You'd fucking no, I'm saying West that's Brom. part of that's part of what he said in the interview. Uh, uh, like, there's no, there's no they, they don't have to. West Brom don't have to water the pitch like as much as they can just do what they want with their pitch. Like. So yeah, uh, yeah, I can see how he was always annoyed. I'd say he's more annoyed by his players getting like punched and backhanded and stuff like that, and the ref offer no protection. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Champions League on Tuesday, so nobody really oh, cares. I, I, I honestly really, really, really hope that Liverpool win because it'll make my article life the right <laughs> for sure. Like a lot easier if Liverpool win because I've kind of plan, but yeah, hopefully they win and lose the final, obviously. But yeah, fair play to well, shall we get on to some MMA? Yeah, yeah, we might as well. All right, uh, this weekend there was uh, not too bad but not great uh ufc fight night card which went down in the boardwalk hall in atlantic city new jersey and the best part about this card was uh jwow from jersey shore sitting cage side with roger so that that made my night really so that was that was excellent but the the main event uh saw kevin lee take on edson barboza obviously coming into it uh, edson Bar- or uh, kevin lee sorry missed weight and there was uh, another uh, missed weight as well with, with leslie smith which we will get to after we break down the fight and talk a little bit about it but coming in coming into this fight i think we both we both picked barboza um, um to win and, and it just didn't go that way lee took the fight over early i i, I kind of talk about what happened in the fight in a second but it was it was a, a very good performance overall, I suppose. Before we get into the, the breakdown of the fight from Kevin Lee, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was really good. Uh, Barboza wasn't able to stop the takedowns. Um, I kind of said I thought that if, if if Kevin Lee got him down, he might get the get the choke. But Barboza was able to defend that, but he wasn't able to get up if, uh, without taking a lot of damage. Kevin Lee was able to get mount uh, with relative ease and. Um, he did get hit. Barbosa hit him. With, was it the third round or the, the third uh, round? Hey, and let me just look here. It was the, th- the fourth. Hmm? Hold on, Th- third round. Yeah, yeah. He had him doing the chicken dance uh, pretty badly, but um, Kevin Lee did man- manage to, to tough it out and uh, recover, and he got the he got the deserve it. I actually haven't seen a picture of the cut afterwards. I, I thought it was um unusual for them to stop it on a cut like yeah, that, yeah, but I think one. I think it was going one way, and I think probably um there won't be too many complaints from Barbosa's side. Yeah, 100%. So uh, let's kind of just uh, mention what happened in the fight before we get to breaking down uh, what actually happened. Uh, Lee came out 
in the first round very hard on the pressure. He landed a, a few shots. All Edson Barboza was really doing was landing uh, a couple of leg kicks, uh, one of which got him to the to the clinch uh, where Lee got uh, the takedown. He got into half guard and landed a few hammer fists and a lot of elbows and some very good uh, ground and pound. In the second round, then, it was much the same. Um, uh, a lot of pressure again from Kevin Lee. He threw a big head kick at one stage. Had had Barboza kind of hurt, and Barboza went for a, a takedown, uh, and which led to a clinch again. Uh, he managed to get out, but Lee got him down with a big, uh, a big double leg, and he landed a lot of ground and pound again. And it was looking bad after that round. I was kind of saying maybe this should be stopped. Give him another, um, another round to see what he can do, and, and that should be it. But Barboza came out and looked very good in the third round. He was circling out, throwing leg kicks. Uh, got out of the clinch again and landed that huge wheel kick, which you mentioned. Almost got to KO, but uh, Kevin Lee did very well to get the to get kind of the double leg and then into the clinch, and then he got the takedown and just kind of stayed in the guard for the rest of the round. Um, and not really well, he got stood up. I think at one stage and it was a bit of a trade at the end, but for most of the round, he, he was able to survive it. Uh, then in the fourth round, Barboza came out looking not too bad again, landed one left hook, uh, and a big body kick, uh, and, and went for a head kick at one stage as well, nearly landed it. But Lee managed to get that takedown again, all important. He dominated on top and got a lot of ground and pound, uh, and, and lot, landed a lot of elbows, which we did. Uh, which he did all night. And then in the fifth, it was kind of, I think the fifth was maybe the most even round of all, uh, where they were kind of trading jabs. Edson Barboza landed a big right hand uh, at one stage, and he was trying to throw that, those wheel kicks again, which he almost knocked him out in the third round, but it just uh, it just didn't win, work. Kevin Lee's combinations, he kind of got his second wind again in the fifth round. His combinations looked good, uh, and there was a long period of clinching as well in, in that fight. And then at the end, it was a bit weird, and I suppose we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the end, but there was, there was a bit of a clinch. It looked like a mouthpiece flew out, uh, so the ref kind of stopped to put in the mouthpiece. It wasn't a mouthpiece, it was like a piece of tape or something. And then he saw Barboza had been cut and uh, and he stopped the fight, brought in the, the uh, referee or the doctor who very quickly stopped the fight. I thought it was an, uh, you mentioned it there, I thought it was a very, very unusual way to end the fight, to stop the fight. Like in MMA, fights are usually not stopped for cuts like that. Like it, it was bleeding. It was, it, it, I didn't see a picture of it either. It looked a, a relatively bad cut, but it didn't seem to be like, you know, it wasn't Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Like it wasn't covering his full, full <laughs> face. It wasn't, it wasn't destroying his eye or anything like that. It was, it was a bit odd, wasn't it? To to stop it on that so quickly. Yeah. It's, it, you rarely see that. Um, I suppose maybe there was consideration that he couldn't go back into his corner because it was the last round and get a, get a fix. But <laughs> Um, he didn't seem to be protesting too much as well, but mm -hmm. uh, it was it was odd to see, and it was it was very quick the decision between the doctor and the ref between when they when they realised the cut was there and when they stopped it. Uh, but um, maybe Barboza said something. Who knows what he said in the in the moment? You know, maybe they said, "Are you okay?" Continue. We maybe said no, or who knows? So we we haven't really heard. We haven't really seen the cut, so it's hard to it's hard to really know what went on there. Yeah, and I think it was kind of really only going one way anyway. Barboza did have his couple of fleeting moments, but this fight was really all Kevin Lee, and it was I think it was one of those um those graph kind of fights where one guy is going up and one guy is going down. Edson Barboza he didn't get a chance maybe to look like himself, which is a little bit unfair, but he definitely didn't look like himself at almost any part of the fight. What did it go almost, you know, what did it go? 20, 23, 20 two minutes, whatever, maybe for a minute of it or two minutes of it, he looked dangerous. But other than that, he didn't really. And Kevin Lee, you have to give him a lot of credit for that. And we, we talked about last week and I didn't think 
you know, that, that graph where one's gone up, one's gone down. I'm not sure Kevin Lee was up at his level yet, but he is and he surpassed it. And Lee is someone who you have to take seriously. You know, his antics and his personality and stuff mightn't be to everyone's uh, to everyone's liking, including myself. But as a fighter, you have to respect him. You have to like him. His hands have improved an awful lot. His wrestling is obviously very good. His pressure game is really good. His game planning last night was exceptional. He just, he did so much right in that fight. But there's still things he he needs to he needs to work on. One of which I think is a big problem for lots of lads who fight like he does and like Habib does as well. We saw it, and it's it's no it's no coincidence that in the third and fourth rounds were kind of the close rounds. You know, almost got knocked out in the third. And look look what happened with Habib. You know, it was the third and fourth round as well against Ali Quinta that he uh, that he's not struggled with, but it wasn't the same as the first couple of rounds. And what's the reason for that and i think the reason for that is when you put so much effort into those first two rounds and pressure so much like uh, like they do it's impossible not to get tired and that's kind of heartening for guys maybe with um big knockout power or very good cardio who can keep going for for five rounds non-stop or can you know see out the time on the ground and stand up and, and have a shot whether you know whoever you're talking about maybe you're talking about mcgregor tony ferguson dustin poirier even guys like that uh who can do that so that's that's heartening but at the same time and i mentioned there he kind of got his second wind in the, the kind of four and definitely into the fifth that's that's another thing that's big as well for kevin lee because you know that five round experience against someone like barboza will, will stand him as well or four and a half round uh, or whatever that experience will, will definitely stand him but overall were you as impressed with the the performance as i was yeah, I was. I thought it was a brilliant performance. Very, very dominant wrestling wise. Uh, more dominant. He was able to get the takedowns and transition into dominant positions like mount uh, easier than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he might get a choke if he was to get the mount or the back, but he seemed happy enough to, to land a ground and pound. He, he landed some really good ground and pound as well. He wasn't just throwing shots to 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 stay there uh, most of the time. He was landing shots trying to trying to hurt uh, Barbosa and trying to finish the fight. <laughs> and I think that one stage the crowd were trying to. We're trying to get it, the ref to, to stand it up, but it, it was just more of a more of a hoping for a firefight on the feet, I think, than actually thinking that it should be stood up from the from the fans and um the 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 one hundred and fifty seven pounds thing kind of takes away from it a little bit. You, you got to make weight like, but it's only a pound. It's two pounds for championship weight. It's only a pound for for non championship uh, weight. You should be able to get that off in future. Well, we, get, we get to that, yeah. We get to that in a second with the whole Leslie Smith thing as well, and and we might talk about Graham or about uh, the whole weight and stuff for a second. But there's just one more thing I want to mention, and that's like Lee on the ground when you're maybe looking forward to maybe him fighting Habib or him fighting other guys. I saw a few people last night saying Lee is better on the ground and Habib more devastating. And in one way he is, but in another way he isn't. Like the difference between Habib and Lee is Habib is more of a a stick to you non-stop all out um machine in a way like he, he might knock you out with, with those shots but you can see kevin lee knocking someone out with those shots i think you mentioned it there everything he was throwing is hard you know maybe habib could throw 50 shots from ground to pound if he gets you down for a full five minutes or whatever and lee might only throw you know 15 or 20 or something and then you know those numbers are probably off but his shots will be a lot harder. Those bludgeoning elbows, really tough. Like pulling the pulling the arm out from um, from Edson Barboza when he tried to bridge to get up at one stage. Just pulling him away from the fence, doing all those little things that make him so good. And I think about Lee as well. His takedowns are very good, and they, his takedowns don't put him into as much danger as Habib's do. 
because he's he's better able to set him up and his hands are a lot better as well. Like his combinations last night, I couldn't get over. His jab was was very, very good. And it's the thing about Lee is he's still putting it together. And I think the last time he fought, I'm kind of mentioned that as well. That it's he's he's good, you know, he's good jab, good combinations, good underground, good jujitsu and stuff, but it's kind of the in-between bits that are hurting him a little bit. And that's the same with all kind of young fighters, but he seemed to be getting there. Right for the first two rounds anyway, we saw in the third that you know he got kind of that's where he kind of got caught. It was what am I doing? Am I striking here or am I wrestling here? And you know that that's a thing for for Kevin Lee that you know that could be a big thing uh, going forward. But it's it's tough as well, I think, against uh, against Barboza to see exactly how good he is because I I'm kind of caught in two minds that he did come out, he did pressure Barboza and he took him out of his game and. T- you know, took him into his own game, but Barboza, you know, he is coming off of that absolute smashing by Habib. I'm not sure he's the fighter he once was, and as well, I, I've said it before. I I really don't think Mark Henry is the best um, game planning coach. I think he's a very good coach to teach you how to do things, but him game planning, and especially against Kevin Lee, is someone who had such a game plan, and, and you know, who who executed it so well. I think that's that's a huge thing. Like. Uh, as well with, with Barboza, like before, what was Barboza great at? He was great at shucking lads off, to take down the fence, or if he get, did get taken down, jump straight back up. You know, I compared him to Jose Aldo a little bit, and he's different, but he that sort of thing. But he didn't really do that at any stage last night. He kind of looked overwhelmed uh, a, a lot for a lot a lot of that fight, and you know, I, I kind of tweeted it as well at the time that Barboza goes from murderer to victim very very quickly. And Lee did a great job, I think, of bringing that out in him. But it it's there to be brought out as well. So I did, there's there's definitely bigger challenges, bigger challenges ahead for for Lee and uh, you know for Barboza. What's what's what do you think is next for Barboza? I suppose before we uh, big rest after Lee, yeah. a big a big bit of a rest, take time away. You did, obviously you just mentioned the Habib fight. That was a he took a lot of shots in that one, and he's taken after taking a lot of shots over over four and a half rounds in this Kevin Lee fight. So. I wouldn't be rushing back in there. <laughs> Maybe take a while off, uh, let let the body and and brain recover before before coming back. Yeah, I think uh, Gravaka Hitman was saying last night about uh, Barboza and maybe uh, Justin Gaethje taking taking a while off and maybe come back to fight each other. I think that'd be a, a big <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be good to watch. But maybe the end of the year card or something like that. What are we seven months away from that or something? Like that. I don't think that'd be uh, that'd be too bad. So I'd like I probably uh, I probably like to see that. But yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's it's tough when you're looking at a guy like Barboza because he's so much, he's all the talent in the world, but there is, you know, there is just that that bit missing. And I think what made him great as well is that, that you know, that takedown defense and that ability to, to kind of pop back up to use his striking. But I think that's kind of gone now as well. And even with, with his striking, he was, okay, obviously people look back at that Terry Etum knockout and, and stuff. And even last night where he nearly kind of one shot knocked him out, but he wasn't, he was more of a bludgeon you for three or four rounds, you know, hit hurt you with leg kicks and finish you that way kind of a fighter. And for him to be kind of not able to stop guys taking him down, it's unlikely that he's going to win fights with one shot. You know, he nearly did last night. I know in fairness, he proved me wrong, but I think that's that's not really a viable way forward for Edson Barbosa. So there's, I think there's probably changes uh, changes needed there. But what about Kevin Lee? Obviously, this yeah. was a win after the Tony Ferguson loss in that interim title fight. The last uh, the last time, he still, I suppose, he can't be too far away. But I think people were kind of overreacting last night as well, weren't they? 
Well, I think he, I think he's definitely made massive improvements. Um, he's still only mm-hmm. twenty five. Like he has twenty fights already, and he's he's twenty five, and he still he, he still seems to be developing. So, uh, as you said, like his, his jab, his, his strikes in general, and even his even his takedowns, ground and pound were looking looking really uh, good. They're, obviously, they were, his takedowns were always good, but he was he, he was doing that against a higher level opponent than he had, had done it against in the past. So, um, you, you got to think he's going to still make he's going to keep making improvements and. He needs to get his weight right. There's, there's like we're gonna talk about the weight, but there's a big problem at lightweight at the top of the division with people not being able to make weight consistently. So, um, um, you don't want to be, you don't want to run into a problem again where you put a title fight together and one of the guys or both of the guys can't make weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, let's get onto that uh, with with cutting debate now for a second. Before we do that, actually, I'm into Minch at the start of the podcast. Next week we're going to be doing uh, just because we're, we're talking about the uh, lightweight division here. Next week we're going to be doing a state of the UFC podcast special. It's uh it's one of our Patreon specials, but seeing as there's no event for three weeks, we're going to put it up here free for everyone on the normal feed. So it'll be up uh, early access on Patreon probably maybe Saturday or something, and then up Sunday. Uh, like the normal instead of the in place of the normal podcast next week so we're just going to go through every division in the UFC and break down the kind of the championship picture and all of it will probably be like a half an hour 45 minute thing so look forward to that uh, next week uh, also sign up patreon patreon.com forward slash VRM podcast anyway do weight cutting the bit right at the weekend obviously with Kevin Lee missing weight we had uh, Aspen. Was it Aspen Lad missed the way it was for her fight with uh, Leslie Smith? And we'll get on to Leslie Smith and Aspen Lad in a second because that's kind of a bigger debate. But for me, watching this and we okay, we we've talked about making weight and missing weight and everything ad nauseum at this stage, and we'll talk about it again. But it seems very odd for me that you can make one fifty five. And your opponent can make one fifty six, and the fight can go on. But one guy can make one fifty six. And then the other guy can make 157 and that doesn't, if I can't go on, or you get docked 20%. Like, I find that so weird. And I know all their rules. Where do you cut it off? I know everything. Well, you're breaking the contract. You're, you're contracted yeah, no, to make no, no. this weight. Uh, yeah, okay, 100%. I, I agree with all that. And I 100% agree. In the rules now, I agree that, that you can't do that. That was bad. He should have made it. should be professional. But why do we have these stupid fucking rules? Why do we... Like, imagine Liverpool are playing Roma next week and, oh, this match can't go on because somebody missed weight. Or, you know, something happened and this match can't... It's The day before, it's called off. Like, why do we have those stupid situations? Why do we... Like, okay, fair enough. If someone gets injured, it's a one-on-one sport. And if one gets injured, the fight has to be called off. Okay, I, I agree. Fair enough. That's That's fine. But this is something... This is a rule we've put in. That bit, that just it hurt. It, it's killing our sport. Like it, it's driving me fucking insane. Why do I don't think to, I think it's a bit of an overreaction. It's, it's so stupid. It is. It's it's constantly doing it. How many, like look at Mike Bone. I'm sure he tweeted it again. But it's got, it's gotten worse since they put the weigh-ins earlier. They should they should give a bigger win though. The, the weigh-ins used to be around three p.m. in the afternoon. Now they're like ten a.m. They should yeah. let them weigh in between ten a.m. and three p.m. or four p.m. I don't Just know why they want the weigh-ins. Bigger, bigger window. Why do we have to have weigh-ins? Why? <sighs> hold on if kevin lee fought edson barboza last night and neither of them weighed in the day before do you think that fight would be any different no i think i think you could also do like you could do if you know guys are in the same division as you were saying you can you can you can kind of be like oh well maybe you have 165 pounds but then they're trying to build like they're trying to build you up for the the championship title so like if you're going to have a weight class belt you're going to need to make that weight and if you don't know these guys can make weight, then you're going to put them in these fights. Uh. But I think what you should do is you should have 
every time a fighter shows up at a UFC event, you should and okay, first of all, you should bring them in, measure their body fat, measure their weight, measure their height, measure their reach, measure everything, all these sizings, measure their hydration, everything at the start and find the baseline, right? And do this over maybe a year or 18 months or so and keep the, what we have at the moment until that. And in group people, and every time they come in to fight, do the same thing again. So it stops them going up. Like if, let's say Edson Barboza comes in and right, he's weighing 170 pounds. He is what, five foot eight, you know, 50 or 90 inch reach. Whatever, I, don't know, I don't know, whatever reach it is. But he comes in the next time, right? And he's obviously same reach, same height and all. And then he, he weighs 200 pounds. Didn't move him up, you know. Don't don't make him make a weight. Like get him in, you know, random weight times. Get the real weight of him. And you like, don't. Why did they have to make a weight the day before? Like, why did they have to do that? Like, why don't we have a situation where you grade them into weight classes? Like, what difference would let's say Conor McGregor fights Habib Nurmagomedov for the lightweight title? What difference will it make to that fight if they don't? If they don't make weight the day before, like, will it make any difference? Why do they have to say you are this way? They're both the same way going into this fight. Why can't they just be two guys that are the same size going into fight each other? Like, we're not going to have Conor McGregor fighting. But, Steve but they aren't the same size. Most like maybe maybe Conor and Habib are, are, are similar, but I think Habib is probably heavier uh, out of camp and cut, cutting down. And other fighters in other divisions, like they they have a size advantage and this kind of evens it up and. But would it not even it up if you didn't have that size advantage? If everyone measured size and measured weight and do do it all around rather than just weight and then group people into their weight into their classes, but then yeah. I make it more even. Like I can see, I can see the argument, but it's a lot of it's a lot of change as well. And Good. you know, you know how, how slow this things like that are to change, and um, it would have to be it would have to be seriously um, drawn out and outlined, and it would have to it would have to have support of maybe like people like referees like john mccarthy and people like mark ratner and uh the the was he the what's his title the senior vice president of, of and basically regular he regulates when they the ufc when they self-regulate uh in in um cities and countries that don't have their own regulation so you i think it would, it would be a long process to do but i think i think yeah i think this their attempts at cleaning up the weight cutting thing um has made it worse i think i, I haven't seen statistics but i it seems like anyway that a lot more people are not making weight and are being pulled from fights with these early early weigh-in windows instead of the the old uh, afternoon weigh-in window yeah. so i suppose it, it, when you try to change things it can make it worse when you try to make it better and we don't want that because it's already pretty bad the whole weight cutting thing so it would have to be it would have to be seriously drawn out and it would have to be a lot of um teething problems i'd guess as well which 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 um, in the short term maybe would 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 be bad but maybe in the long term would be good but it's hard to know as well because these guys will find ways of getting around these things like people always find ways of getting around getting around stuff and getting getting an advantage like guys are going to are going to within the rules are going to take every advantage they can get yeah, I, I really, I really think they need to tear up the rule book for weight cutting and weight classes and the way we divide people in MMA. I really, really do. I, I think it's the only answer, and it's not going to happen. Like uh, this, okay. If we want to talk about Lee making missing weight and all, we can, but it's just papering over the cracks of a fucked up system. Like, I don't blame any of these people who make weight, and people say, oh, they need to take responsibility if they can't make weight, move up a division. That's grand, but then you have to say that to literally every, well, maybe not literally, 99% of the fighters fighting at the highest level. How many fighters don't call huge weight? Like, you can name them one hand. You really could. It's it's not just this, oh, this fighter is, has bad discipline. He or she can't make weight. 
that's their problem. They need to move up. That it's everyone. Everyone should be moving up. Everyone should be fighting at their normal weight. Like it's 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 a cancer on the sport of MMA. It really is. Like even the people who make weight are fucking killing themselves. Look at look you know look at so many different people. Look at McGregor back in the day. He looked like Paddy Hoolan coming out for his wins. Like <laughs> he he fucking did. Like it was yeah. it's disgusting. I fucking Rao, hate Rao it. So going to thirty five. Uh, Aldo even going to forty five. Even though he's he's nowhere near as big as as Connor. Um, mm -hmm. a good few guys like Habib looked terrible during the even in interviews before the before the weigh-in of his last fight and Cormier. these guys are put like yeah Cormier had to lean on a towel to make weight like um that time they made Reds are put <laughs> down to fight at 145 against Bektich and like 30 doesn't notice whatever yeah, he, he looks horrendous yeah 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 when they're bringing in guys short notice they should they should just make catch weight. I don't I, I don't know why they don't make more catch weights because I don't think Agreed. the fans care like I don't not nobody's like ah oh, this is a catch weight I don't, I'm not gonna watch this or <laughs> I don't care because it's not at a certain weight class but I understand why they're trying to make it for like they're trying to follow the boxing standard that's kind of accepted by everybody, and it's kind of it's kind of society knows it and sports fans know it, but it's it, yeah, it doesn't seem to be to be working that well, especially this new early window. They need to need, need to fix that at least. Yeah, I uh, yeah I agree. I need to, they need to take that away. But as I said, it's just paper and over the cracks. What about this uh, this Leslie uh, Leslie Smith Aspen Lad thing? I'm looking here at Wikipedia and it said Aspen Lad weighed in at 137.8 pounds, 1.8 pounds over the limit of 136. Yeah. Lad supposedly offered Smith an additional five grand on top of her. Well, 20, Smith said she didn't percent. actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, however, the fight was removed from the card after Smith refused at a catchway. Subsequently, UFC's paid Smith her show money and released her from the promotion. So, this was the last fight of Leslie Smith's career. And if you don't know, Leslie Smith is kind of the leader of this project Spearhead, which is trying to unionize fighters in the UFC. Um, and there's a lot of kind of conspiracy theories going around and stuff, but it's it's just a very weird kind of dirty thing that's kind of going on at the moment i'm not a big one for conspiracy theories as people know but this this seems like they kind of wanted her out and were kind of paying her off to get her out didn't it well she kind of i think she came out on twitter and said that basically um why would she take a fight when she she's owed the money by the UFC? she's going to get her show and win money of whatever i think it was 63 grand or 68 grand or something like that so why would she fight when she can just not fight and get given the money and if she does win she's still she's still going to be released and if she doesn't win her value may be slightly less we're probably there's just no benefit for her to go out there and risk it to risk it especially when she, the ufc are basically told her that they're not going to renew her contract so i can yeah. understand completely why she she was just like i'll just take the money yeah 100 agree with that but i think that the issue is that the ufc offered her her show and win money in a fight that she could have taken, like in a fight that still could have been made. It wasn't like her her opponent got injured or anything. We saw with Olsa Sasaki against uh, Megamed Bibulatov. They only gave him what sixty percent of his money or something like that because uh, Bibulatov got injured. But for Leslie Smith, they gave her her whole win and whole show money, even though she could have fought for twenty percent more money on top of that, and uh, maybe another five grand, maybe not. But it 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 didn't seem it didn't seem like something which. You know, which normally happens 100% for, for Leslie Smith. You know, she literally, well, if she would have got the other extra 20%, I suppose, but if she got in and fought that fight and won, she would have got only the 20% extra. But if she'd gone in and fought, lost, she would have got half the money she's been offered for not fighting. So you definitely, you definitely can't blame her. But on the UFC's part, this doesn't look good on the UFC. I think, you know, it's, it seems like an opposition to unionization, which, which is something, obviously, you know, they don't want unionization. They want to keep it the way it is. But I'm not sure it looks good to put up an opposition to it. I think they should, 
you know, I think I don't think they should ignore it, but I think from their point of view, what they should do is ignore it. If you know what I mean, like they, I don't think they should be making a standard against it or anything like that. And to, to do this, yeah. to, to what if they? Did, but what, what if they had offered her just sixty percent of her money? People would have been gone even more mad, and they would have looked even worse. Yeah, but it would have been. It wouldn't have looked as as out there. It wouldn't have looked, you know, as as blatant as this i think if they'd done that because that's what they that's what they normally or even just gave her show money or whatever you know well, they, they probably think maybe if they if they didn't offer the the they could argue that they if they didn't offer the the full thing that she might kick up a fuss because she's known to in their mind to kick up a fuss so yeah, yeah. you kind of whatever you offer bar her taking the fight it's going to look kind of it's gonna look bad either way, so you're kind of stuck in a in a weird situation there. Yeah, you definitely are. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, she's too scared to take this fight." Not she fight. She fought fucking <laughs> Chris Cyborg. So shut the fuck up. And the fighter, like these fighters, like very rarely, very rare that one of these fight. Like you, obviously in the dressing room to be like nerves and stuff, but you're not. It's not. It's not afraid of these guys. Aren't afraid of each other. They, they all think they can win. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But yeah, it's it's a barren wasteland outside of the UFC at one hundred and thirty-five pounds. But she can fight down one hundred and twenty-five pounds as well. But I don't know. Where maybe Invicta, maybe what divisions do Bellator even have? I don't know. They have 140. Well, Zufan and Invicta are tied together, or UFC and tied together. So they don't even want. What do you see? Or does Zufa or Endeavor even want uh, her there? Who knows? I'd say they wouldn't care. To be honest, I'd say. But I suppose that's uh, something we'll uh, we'll come to in time. Uh, all right, let's get to <clears throat> a couple more fights here. And I suppose the co-main event uh, is the next one we'll get to. And I'll just run through the kind of what happened. Uh, in the fight before we we get into breaking it down and stuff like that. Uh, the first round was, and all three rounds really were very, not it wasn't a great fight at all. Cub Swanson was very defensive, trying to to land his jab and cut off uh, Frank Edgar, but he very he did very little of it. Uh, Frankie kind of hurt him with a shot um, midway through the round, but very little was landed. In the second, Cub did come out, landed a few more jabs, and Frankie was kind of just chasing him around and landing a good bit. Frankie was kicking to the body and legs. Cub was running away again. Frankie was landing a lot of combos, but uh, again, very, very little happened. Cub did stuff one takedown. Uh, late at the end of the second round, Cub Swanson's corner didn't tell him he was behind, didn't kind of put any urgency on him. He Cub asked uh, who's winning, and I think I don't know. I think they said you just need to win the last round or something like that, which was which was very odd. In the third round, then Frankie was still coming out chasing him. Cub was still uh, on his on his bike. Frankie landed the, probably the best shot of the fight was a big right hand uh, midway through the round and he landed a, a nice body kick uh, after it. Cub did start to land a few more kicks midway through the third round uh, but he ended up uh, in a clinch from a leg kick and Frankie was, was winning that clinch and uh, but Cub landed a nice left hook kind of at the end of the uh, end of the round and landed right as well, but didn't manage to follow up. And he actually looked like he he hurt uh Frankie a, a good bit, but it ended in obviously ended in a unanimous decision for uh for Frankie Edgar with Cub Swanson stuffing nine takedowns in that fight uh, and Frankie Edgar not getting any. But overall, it was a it was a pretty disappointing fight, wasn't it? It was it, it had the sniff of Jackaray versus uh Kamosi too. It was very similar to a lot of Frankie Edgar fights, to be honest, with, with rounds that are close, but his output, his higher output, usually just kind of edges around for him. Like, the thing about Cubs Swanson's corner, the rounds were close enough that maybe from their angle it did, but they should have told him that, like, we don't know. You know, mm-hmm. the rounds are too close to call, so if, <laughs> if you want to make sure, you got to go out there and make something happen. Like, but um, it was, it was kind of strange uh, that, they did, that they didn't... Uh, 
say something that would provide a little more urgency, especially like it definitely wasn't clear in clubs in in clubs uh, favor anyway. So, um, yeah, I thought Frankie won uh, all the rounds just about, but um, it wasn't it wasn't a great. It was a Frankie Edgar fight. It, it wasn't great. Yeah. Um, what can I say here that won't make me sound like a Frank Edgar hater? Uh, um, like, like this, this hater, like when you, when you, 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 like this is what happened in the fight. Like, you know, this is what yeah. happens in a lot of Frank Edgar fights, like the BJ Penn fights, the, <clears throat> the Benson Henderson fights. He's a razor close. Uh, he tries to beat with this without movement. This no, but like, you know, over the years, like, but you, you, you say that and people are like, oh, you're a Frank Edgar hater. It's like, but is that not what just happened in the fight? Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, the, the thing about this fight is, you had two bad performances from two fighters that used to be kind of good. Frank Edgar was definitely a better fighter than Cub Swanson ever was. But yeah. Cub here just he, he didn't he didn't pull the trigger like he just his game plan right. I, I did a rewatch last week and talked about things maybe he could do that that uh, Brian Ortega did to be Frank Edgar and that was cutting him off, throwing leg kicks, but throwing fast leg kicks because he couldn't get the, the, so he wouldn't get the takedowns off of him and throwing the jab to obviously as I said to mention as I mentioned to stop Frankie circling around using his footwork and Cup did it a bit but he didn't do it enough he he really didn't do it enough he I don't know what he's getting he, he, he game was to run away get on his bike maybe land a big shot on Frank Yeager and, and knock him out or something Cup doesn't have huge knockout power and that was a very odd game plan on the other side of it Frank Yeager looks old he looks slow He's not what he used to be. Definitely, hundred percent not. And maybe it's, you know, he's obviously not Jolo's on, you know, BJ Pin level yet. But he's getting there. He, not, not, you know, he won't get there for two years, maybe. But he's, he is not what he used to be. He looks significantly slower. His footwork isn't what he used to be. And I know this is maybe short notice and isn't the best one, but it was the same against Brian Ortega. And the second Jose Aldo fight was worse than the first one. And you know, people are talking about, oh, you know, he beat Cubs Swanson here and beat Ayo Rodriguez, and he did. Frank Edgar is still a good fighter, and he's going to beat guys which are great matchups for him and easy for him to beat, basically. Which what Ayo Rodriguez definitely and Cubs Swanson in this one he just kind of didn't show up. And maybe if he did show up, he it would have been actually easier for Frank Edgar because uh, he would have been, you know more liable to fight but you know i just think i don't think frankie is going to be he'll probably get another title shot because he gets so many title <laughs> shots but he's not gonna like if, if he fights max holloway he has no hope let's be honest here he's, unless he takes max holloway down for five rounds and lays on top of him maybe but i really think max holloway destroys him and if he knocks him out in 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 the first three four rounds I really do. Now, Frank Yeager was a great fighter, very, you know, one of the best lightweights of all time. Well, maybe not, but a very, very good fighter, you know, always scrappy, always close, very skilled. But I just, I don't think he's a... I don't think he's a great fighter. Do you know, I was a very good fighter, and he's not definitely not what he... Definitely not what he used to be. And it's tough as well to talk about Frank Yeager in this because he's... He's maybe a guy that's overachieved and and done so well, and he has a lot of fans. Obviously, a lot of a lot of rabid fans as well. But yeah. them big comebacks against Gray Maynard, people love that stuff. You know, he, he just like refused to refused to give up, and people remember remember that, and they remember the BJ Penn wins, even though maybe a lot of people didn't think he won that first one. But people thought BJ Penn was unbeatable, and then Frank Yeager beat him. So I think a lot of people a lot of people uh, are big fans of Frank Yeager and they don't like when when you say anything that isn't um praising them but like you understand that because people people like support the guys and it, it is good but frank yeager i don't think i don't think he'll ever get to the joe lowe's on stage hopefully but i, will. I think he can move his head a lot better than joe, joe lowe's i was just like mm-hmm. absolute sitting duck with about two minutes of, of, of cardio in him like that was that was terrible for joe lowe's on the last time and i don't think joe lowe's almost ever 
near the level of um, of Frank Yeager. I think he was always really exciting and you get in these mad scrambles and he'd been fighting the night and all that stuff, but he was never anywhere near the title, really. That's true. So you everyone calling last night for Frank Yeager to get the next title shot after the winner of Ortega versus Holloway? I actually didn't see that, but uh, <laughs> like you look at the division and name value wise, he probably he probably will end. because of his name value, he probably will end up getting another title shot if he can if he can win in the meantime or if he can if he wait waits it out. Maybe he should wait it out because he did get knocked out recently enough and okay, he didn't take too much damage there, but um if you're fighting Holloway or or Ortega it, it, it could be or Ortega again, it could be a, it could be a worth not worth having a rest before that. Remember we had a debate, well, we've had it loads of times, and I keep saying that they should give the young up-and-comers a shot in this division at getting to, towards the title shot. Haven't I always said that over the last while? And yeah. the, the argument has been, and you're going to say it here, go on, that it, who is sticking out? What, what young guy is good enough that's going over Frank Edgar? Not, not you, true, you, you don't want to push it. them too quick either. You don't want the, the situation or the... Yeah. What about the Brian Ortega situation? Yeah, well, I think he's he's experienced, pretty experienced in 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 MMA at this stage. Uh, he's not like you know, uh, he's not like new. <laughs> he's been he's, around. He's relatively. He hasn't been around that long. He's, you know, I I don't. I'd love to see him. Obviously, he's getting the title shot, but I want to see the other guys come through. Like, give Zabit another fight now and get him into the title shot. Now, give him fucking Jeremy Stevens or give him Cobb or whoever and get him. I know. On the I know the, beat. the title shot. Injured himself apparently before the yeah. The last time. He didn't look like you know give that man a title shot like you know it was against a guy who well, he, rather than Frankie Edgar. But it's name value wise, it's it's uh, gonna sell better. Like you got to understand that. It's not Frankie Edgar never sold nothing. No, but it'll sell better than than to the casual. That I think. Oh, I I just this division annoys me so much because it's been stuck on the same fucking merry-go-round for the last ten years. Maybe not that long, but it's. it's just, <laughs> Like Aldo's going to get the title shot. Oh, so annoying. No, he's just give him this Max Holloway, Brian Ortega sure, fight. Chad Mendes moving on. Soon. Chad Mendes, yeah, that's good. Oh, that's God, that's like, the next people, there. next the next three title shots should be Brian Ortega, uh, Zabit Megamed Shapiro, Darren Elkins, and possibly Mishar Bektic is fighting uh, Ricardo Lamas. If he beats Ricardo Lamas, give that man a fucking title shot. That's yeah, what I, I, think. I think he does beat Ricardo Lamas as well. I've he never too. been impressed with Ricardo Lamas. To be honest, I don't know why people rate him so highly. But um, uh, yeah, if if, if Bektic does win that, then maybe it is time because 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 he's just so injury prone and he's been a prospect for ages. But it's it's. It's got to happen soon. He, like he, I, I don't even know. Like his, his Bektic, he's probably about thirty now. Let me have a look here. Yeah, he's old enough. Yeah. But I suppose we we'll, we we'll get into this more next week anyway when we're doing the state of the UFC. So I suppose uh, this is a little uh, a little preview for uh, for Bektic next. Week. Is actually only twenty seven. He's actually oh, younger yeah. than, than I thought. I know it's Sprout. I know it's Sprout. So yeah, give give Bektic his title. I'm just naming all the guys I like here. Let's be honest. You're so. just naming any, everybody except Frank Yeager. <laughs> anyone except <laughs> Frank Edgar like, here's a moment to see get a title shot at featherweight before Frank Edgar Jose Aldo Jeremy Stevens Josh Emmett Ricardo Lamas Chansung Jung Renato Maicano Darren Elkins Yari Rodriguez Marcel Bektic Duho Chai Zabit Mikmit Shapirov and uh, Miles Jury there they are everyone is I hope I hope I hope Aldo goes up to, to lightweight I, I, yeah. I'd like to see him there not having to cut loads of weight I think I think his team doesn't cut weight well. Uh, I think they've shown that in the past with Bray mm-hmm. and, and Aldo and stuff. So I, I think it's it's and they haven't picked it up as quickly as maybe the 
some of the American teams and European teams have picked it up. So um, it didn't really work out for Braille moving up, but I think there's some nice matchups for Aldo there. And he's already lost twice to Holloway. So as long as Holloway's the champion, he's, he's, it's likely he's going to get a, another shot uh, soon anyway. So yeah. I'd like to see Aldo move up. Yeah, and we'll get into that more next week. So everybody tune in to that. Let's talk about a few more of the fights uh, on this card. Before we get to that, the whole Ricky Simon debacle. What about Aljamain Sterling against Brett Johns? Sean picked Aljamain Sterling to win this. Yeah. My decision, Sean knows. You picked Brett Johns. So what yeah. went wrong for him? Um, yeah, he just got he just got uh, uh, he just got bettered basically. Yeah, he, did, yeah. <laughs> he just got be- he got beaten kind of comprehensively. Uh, it was it was a really good performance from Aljamain Sterling. It was high output. Sterling's kind of he has a lot of, a lot of talent but he, he maybe a little inconsistent but he really put it together and he he did he did, he just he had a brilliant performance and Brett Johns is it's not he made him look he, he made him look a lot worse than, than he is um I think we we've seen like how dangerous uh, Brett Johns can be on the ground but it just uh it just wasn't happening for him he was just he was just bettered everywhere pretty much Do you know who uh Aljamain Sterling kind of reminds me of Paul Pogba He's on his day, he can be excellent. He's a bit of a Will Brooks or something as well, though, isn't he? I don't know. I think he's better than Will Brooks. At least he's produced a couple of times. Well, I suppose he did. Well, Will in, Brooks in Bellator. produced against uh, Tanner not in, and not in uh, okay, he produced in a, on an American TV show, but in a real promotion. Like, <laughs> 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 they have a TV show, don't they? Yeah, they do, yeah, for, oh, for yeah. a while. Anyway, did you see their uh, ratings last week were like the worst in history? Uh, oh, really? so, yeah, they might have a TV show for much longer. Ah, uh, uh, well, as long as they're owned by a TV company, it should be all right. Yeah, well, well no, maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag business as usual. But anyway, what are we talking about? Yeah, <coughs> Algerman. Jesus, my voice is gone again. <coughs> Algerman Sterling. Yeah, he looked good. He, he just reminds me of Paul Pogba a bit. In that, he can look excellent. And Brett Johns is a really good guy. We talked about it last week. I think he is. He's under the radar for a lot of people, but I think he's um he's really good. And Sterling, he made this look easy. To be honest, he he just beat him on the feet. And when I got to the ground, Johns didn't really look dangerous there. And he said, even though he's looked very dangerous in in the fight before and you know, he used his size used his lint and just you know as you said bettered him uh, everywhere and you know there's, there's a lot of good, good fights to look forward to here for uh for both of them really but uh a very good win uh for for Algerian sterling um david branch as well got a pretty little knockout of uh tiago santos in that one as so did dan hooker over uh over jim like dan hooker knee was very nice wasn't it he's a problem with that lightweight division isn't he yeah, how did he ever make 45? <laughs> no, he's huge. He's absolutely huge, yeah. How was so, he making 145? Like he must have been he must have been cutting weight before he even got in the camp. Like, and he uh, did called out, food. He, he called out Paul Felder afterwards in the uh in the post fight. <laughs> Felder's, doing, Felder's doing a great job in fairness to him. Very good. He sounds a bit like Dominic Cruz, but like a higher octave Dominic Cruz, but he's yeah, he's he's really good. I like Brendan Fitzgerald as well. I think he's very good as well. Even though he's last show or maybe two shows ago. He wasn't great. He made like a lot of, you know, errors that pe- a person who doesn't really know anything about MMA would make. But I think he's he learned from that and is better and is maybe not getting into the whole MMA stuff, just calling the play by or the yeah play by play. Even more. even having somebody in the booth that doesn't really know what's going on can be good because he, mm-hmm. somebody who does know what's going on in the booth can kind of talk to them and explain it to what they're like. You know what they're seeing isn't maybe what's happening and yeah works sometimes, but other times it is annoying when they just say stupid stupid stuff. <laughs> like you know, yeah, you're it's kind of like, oh, like this podcast, on. isn't it? Yeah, it's where me talking <laughs> sense. <laughs> 
and you talk to like uh yeah other than, <laughs> other than that Sierra Bahadur Zada had a nice KO of yeah, that was a real strange it was a body yeah. kick and then he kind of it looked like a small enough punch but it must have just must have just hit perfectly or in, in the right spot he seemed to be yeah, out they said he was yeah. out cold so front kick to the liver it was it was uh an, an odd one uh and then uh Corey Anderson Patrick Cummins and Ryan LaFleur and uh Tony Martin beat my boy Shinsuke and Nakamura Arquette and Nakamura sorry Ryan LaFleur uh, learned to ruin your accumulator he fucking did I was sure Alex Garcia was going to watch it. like what that come into that I was like oh Alex Garcia is going to be bigger stronger than me and then I watched it I was like Oh no, Ryan Flair is way bigger than him. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck, <laughs> I don't know what that, that happens to me sometimes. I just like totally underestimate their the sizes of people, and maybe uh that's kind of what happened here. But yeah, fair play to, to Ryan Flair. I got I think I got like what if how many fights were in the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven. ten, eleven. I think it's eight and three in my picks or something, so not too bad. But yeah, what about this uh this Ricky Simon Mirab Divashvili uh fight, which ended by uh, TKO. TKO <laughs> at five minutes of the last round, so it ended at the end of the round, at the end of the fight. So very odd. Tell us, Graham, what do you think of it? Um, I don't know how it was a TKO. That just made, like okay, I can understand the argument for he was out, and I can understand the argument for he was nearly out but not out um, from the submission. But uh, I can understand an argument that he tapped with his feet several times as well. But I can't understand how that was a TKO. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I was taking a drink there. Uh, <laughs> yes, I I kind of agree. And like, there is a rule there that says, okay, TKO is weird, but there is a rule there that says, if the if it, it, I don't know, I, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but the rule is basically if the fight finishes like that, and then they look, and your man is out, the fight is over at that stage. It's if someone is out and out cold, and they see him out cold, it doesn't matter if the final bell has gone, then the fight is over. Right. Okay. If it's a submission or TKO, I think I, I think when that's, I think it's like a technical. Maybe it should be a technical submission. But I yeah. think if things like them, they do call them a TKO sometimes. So that's okay. It's it's semantics, but it's important semantics. I think. But I think they got the the decision right in the end. But it's a bullshit, stupid fucking thing. I think it's really stupid. Like he survived. He didn't tap. The fight wasn't over. I can. It's not stupid as well because I do understand it. But it just. It didn't. If you look at that in common did, did, sense, did you like, think maybe that yeah. when he was kind of taken to his back that he went out for a second then and maybe he, Twice, yeah, I think. yeah, yeah, you think it looked like he was about to go out again and then he came back around and then at the very end it actually looked just as he let go for like a second or even a half a second that he was out. But then, um, when he goes, when the when he when, he, when uh, Simon goes to him, the referee, he's out, he, he goes, No, 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 I'm not, and goes to sit mm -hmm. up. And as he's going to as he's going to sit up and stand up, the doctor and commission come over and tell him to lie back down, and he lies back down. So uh, it's a really strange situation. Um, the ref, mm, like when you're when you're like that that cycling motion he was doing with his feet uh, was very odd. Um, we've seen some like really odd reactions to being out, like uh, Holly Holm punching or like when she when she got choked by Misha Tate, she was kind of punching the air. She, I think she her. her body kind of knew she was in a fight but didn't really know what was going on so she just started yeah. kind of oh, it's really strange it's hard he could have been just like moving his legs to get the blood going to his head as well you don't know what yeah. these guys do like but yeah it's, yeah but you see sometimes when people stamp their, when people stamp their feet the ref calls it a, a tap and the fight's but over i don't think he was tapping i don't think he was trying to tap his legs i think he was trying to just move and kick and buck kind of or something but 
it was maybe the a was best. he was talking to him and he was pulling yeah. out of his arm and making sure he still had um he still had consciousness but i think he he waited a little too long uh, i think to to check his arm maybe maybe he'd come back around by that stage and, and then after that uh he did give a thumbs up as well uh when the ref kind of must have said something are you, are you still there or something he gave a thumbs up so maybe he was talking to the ref and maybe maybe the ref did, like you can understand what if that the ref said okay he was out in that split second before the bell went and when he let go of the choke he was out for a split second it kind of did look like that but he did come around really quickly so maybe he was 99 like he was about to go out like but he didn't like and i don't know how you call that it doesn't really happen that often yeah it's it was a it was another one definitely all right uh all right let's move on and let's move to this uh pll pfl one million dollar tournament which is going down here um not too not too uh far away and basically this is going to be the ex-world series of fighting have signed a lot of fighters they're going to be basically in playoffs and fighting in a tournament style over over the rest of this year, I believe, from starting on, let me just look here, the 21st of June in Chicago and ending on the 31st of December. Uh, and there's a, a few different weight classes. Let me just call out the, the fighters which they have signed here. I'm reading this from MMAfighting.com, so shout out to them for the information. Uh, the Federates are Alexandra Almeida, Max Koga, Lee Coville, uh, Marcus Galvao, who we know very well, Andrew Harrison as well, who we know very well, uh, Magomed Idrisov, uh, Bep Bek Bulat Magomedov, uh, Nazero Malegri, Lance Palmer, Stephen Seiler, Jachumbim Texrun, uh, Timur Valiev, Dinat Lightweight, we have Will Brooks, which we mentioned uh, earlier, the ex Bellator. Yeah, I'll be reading these out all day. I'll read out all these. <laughs> uh, I'll just read them out. I'll just read them out. Louis Firmino, Brian Foster, Jason Hai, who we know as well, Yuki Kanawawa, Islam Mamedov, um, Rashid Magomedov, Ramsey Nijim. Uh, Tiago Tavares, Chris Wade, there's a few more. Well. Okay, I'll, I'll just read the ones we know. So, uh, at Welterweight in with Paul Bradley, who we know. Uh, Abu Kush. Abu Babkar um, Magomedov, who I believe is it's the brother or cousin of Habib Nurmagomedov. Just let me look here. It's, it's a brother, yeah, of Habib Nurmagomedov. So, uh, inciting to, to see him. Pavel Kush, as you mentioned there. Jake Shields as well. Uh, Rick Story. Uh, Bojan Velichkovic, who was in the UFC until not too long ago. And Joe uh, Zeferino as well. And David Zavada. Who's, Yuri Villafort as well. Yeah, this, the welterweight one is actually is actually pretty good. Then in the... Um, Middleweight, there's Shamil Gamastamov, Gam Zamatov, who I know for some reason, but uh, Anderson Concalves, Ed, uh, Eddie uh, Garden, who's Brock in the UFC, yeah, John Howard as well, uh, uh, Lewis Taylor, uh, Gassan Umlatov, who Carl Pinter fought, I believe, and, and a few more as well. Then light heavyweight, there isn't the best light heavyweights in the world. We've Ronnie Marks and Vinnie Magalesh, <laughs> Sean O'Connell as well, Dan Spawn, who's on the Ultimate Fighter, I believe, uh, and then as, as heavyweight, it's it's not the best either we've mike kyle and sean jordan who i suppose a lot of people would know jared rosholt as well uh and a, and a few more like that overall graham what are your impressions about it? i think we talked before and we thought like this might never happen but i'm kind of a little bit intrigued by it yeah how does how, how is the money going to work with all these different divisions there is a way there is a breakdown of money let me see here in total 10 million is being allocated for prize money with playoff runners up receiving uh 200,000 semi-final finishers 100,000 quarterfinal finishers 50,000 so if you lose your first uh fight you're going to get 50,000 if you lose your second fight you'll get 100,000 
I know. Did, even if you win, win or lose in the quarterfinal, fifty thousand. Win or lose in the semifinal, hundred thousand. Um, I don't know. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, whatever. It's it's over here in the final coming, and then you get a million uh, if you win. So yeah, let me read that again. Player off runner-ups receiving two hundred thousand. Semi-final finishes a hundred thousand. Quarterfinal finishes fifty thousand. So yeah, it's it's pretty good money, yeah, isn't it? Compared to the thing, it's very good. Uh, even even yeah, even if you do win, even if you do lose, fifty grand is is pretty standard, and the the chance that being in this tournament it would definitely be one that you, all these fighters, uh, like. People like Will Brooks and, and stuff, they 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 fancy like they they probably look at that division and be like, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a mi- I'm gonna get that million. And then you know, some of the divisions, as you say, are, are tough. You got the like you got to you got to be looking at Jake Shields at a uh, at welterweight. But Rick Story is, is good. You know, yeah. Nermaga Gameda of Pavel Kush is a good leg locker. Don't think he's gonna be able to catch Jake Shields if he in a leg lock if he was to get him. But uh, Jake, like you look at. The, <laughs> Yeah, there's some of them. Some of them look e- look look easy enough for for a couple of guys. They they be looking at it being like, oh, this this isn't too bad. But uh, you know, these these tournaments always end up. Well, we 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 haven't really seen a lot of tournaments recently, but in the past, tournaments don't really work out as as planned. So uh, you might see a lot of changes from the the schedule that's there. But yeah, I think it's a good idea. I think it brings a bit a bit of interest. I think the the big prize money will it will casuals might be okay. Let, let me check check this out. People like Jake Shields are known. Um, like Jay Shields out grappled Damian Maya, like that guy's brilliant. You know, he was strike force champion for for years. He nearly beat Tyron Woodley. He, he near, he, yeah, he beat Tyron Woodley. He nearly beat GSP with eye pokes. He like, <laughs> he's a good fighter. He throws a mean coffee. Um, it does. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's give our predictions for these. Have you the Have you opened there with the, the list of fighters? Federer. Federer. Uh, I, I'll give my predictions first, then you can give your predictions. Federer, I reckon it's going to be Andrew Harrison. That very impressed with him. I think he's the the best fighter in that. Although Lance Palmer, if you work, could be, yeah, could be yeah. dangerous. A lightweight. Who, go on, who's your, who do you think will win Federer? Uh, yeah, I think Harrison, Galveo, Palmer. I don't think so. Yeah, uh, I don't know a couple of these guys. So mm-hmm. maybe some of these guys have really good records. But oh, straight off the top, I'd probably be yeah, probably. Be, Lance, one of them three, Lance Palmer. Let me pick just, yeah, I think I'll go, uh, go Harrison. And lightweight in, it's, it's looking at it, you'd have to say Will Brooks is probably favorite, but it's, yeah. you know, if, he hasn't been great the, the last while, but I, I'd probably, uh, I'd probably stick with Will Brooks at that. Would you, would you say that? Yeah, I think, I think, I think he'd be definitely the front runner for that one. Um, yeah. as we were, you know, he's, he's got some, some wins over top level guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, welterweight. Then I, I'm going to pick Rick Story in the welterweight one. I think Rick Story. Is probably, I, th- I like I think Rick Story. Jake Shields will beat Rick Story. I'd say, but it's it's definitely not a given. I think Rick Story is a good fighter, but Jake Shields is just absolutely brilliant on the ground. Um, get get uh, Jake Shields. I don't know how good. Uh, I don't know how good. Yeah, I don't know how good Nurmagomedov is. It'd be interesting to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Jake Shields would be the favorite for that one. Yeah, middleweight. Then. Uh, it's a light no fun to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, not sure anyone could win that. I'm gonna go with John Howard, maybe. I don't know a couple of these guys though. Maybe yeah. I always thought Eddie Gardner was a guy who could improve a bit, but then he got some bad, bad knockouts. Uh so yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with uh Andre Labato for the crack. <laughs> uh light heavyweight. Uh, Sean O'Connor's not a bad fighter, is he? There's... He's not bad, yeah. Vinny Magalay is good on the ground, but he's very chinny. Very um, chinny. Honey um, Marks is pretty good as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. And in heavyweight, is that is is that? Uh, oh, let me check if that's the guy I'm thinking of or not. I tell you, so be this is this is going nowhere quick, isn't it? Yeah, no, this is not the guy yeah. I was thinking of. Um, he's seventeen and one though. He's thirty nine. He could be. He only, he's only lost to Alistair Overeem back in two thousand and two. Um, he, he he's old, but Yalk is his nickname as well. He looks a bit like a an old school Russian fighter. I like yeah, he's good. He's 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 had one fight since two thousand and six, but that was a, a TKO of uh, Jeremy May in the first round uh, this time last year. Yeah, and heavyweight then Jared Rossall is surely just going to wrestle fuck everyone, isn't he? Like he always does. Sean Jordan has a, is dangerous early. He's athletic for a for a heavyweight, but he has a lot of holes in his game. Uh, Barroso is all right as well. There's a few all right guys, but there's nobody really. Mike Kyle's all right. Uh, I'd say shot a long time ago. Yeah, Jared Rushall has got to be. Yeah, wrestling against these guys probably be enough to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know a couple of them though as well. So yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on <clears throat> to a couple more guys who are outside the UFC at the moment, and Ben Askren and Rory McDonald <clears throat> have been going back and forth. Uh, on, yeah, on I, I, I made this happen. Did you? How? By by just talking about Ben Askren and yeah, the rant made people listen. You talked about consciousness. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah. I, I hope they make this fight. Um, the the one FC, which I will continue to call it. Yeah, uh, Ben Askren should just go into this tournament right, against Jake Shields and the boys. What what's he up to? I think he's still under contract with One FC. I think Ben Askren's like, oh, I'm not fighting anymore until the UFC signs me, and then the One FC boys are like. What are you talking about? What's going on here? We've you signed. <laughs> Hold on a second here. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, yes, you know, boy. But yeah, very odd. But they said they'd be up for him fighting uh, in Bellator against Roy McDonald. Graham, tell us how that fight goes. Roy McDonald absolutely smashes him. Yeah. Ben Askren, it might be the most overrated fighter of all time. He he might just be. Is there anyone that you can think of who's more overrated than Ben Askren? Ooh. Fedor? Ah, uh, Fedor... No, they call him the greatest of all time. Like even now, at the time, the though, no, uh, nobody calls him that now. Uh, are you serious? <laughs> dummies, dummies, just dummies. All these old core hipster, all, all these these hipster MMA. Old hipster. core, I like old core. That's a good, that's a good saying. Old school, but, yeah. Old school, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think Roy McDonald is put in like Ben Askren's striking is diabolical, and I don't think he's going to be able to just crawl along the ground and get Roy McDonald down. Maybe he will once, but if it's a five round fight, I uh, like. I just think Roy McDonald will just be able to stuff his takedowns, and he'll beat him up on the feet, and it could be a first round job. Yeah, Roy McDonald's good off of his back too, and not like triangles and arm bars and stuff. But he's yeah. kind of well able to defend off of his back, well able to get back. Defended off Damien Maya for a round without much, yeah. without much uh, alert uh, when he when he fought him and managed to uh, win the next two rounds pretty comfortably after Damien Maya kind of expanded too much energy trying to trying to um, advance his position in the first round. So I, I be, yeah. he did, he destroyed Tyron Woodley as well. The people kind of forget that. Like Tyron Woodley is like a way better version of Ben Askren. Like he's very good wrestling and can actually strike on like Askren. Like this would be loads so, of power is very dangerous. Yeah. This would be just like really easy for him. I, I don't I don't understand how Ben Askren has kind of taken people and made them believe he's the best fighter in the world. Like, there's absolutely it's funny the way no people evidence. hated him. People hated yeah. him when he was in Bellator. They were just like, oh, let me just go and have a sleep now or, or turn off the card after the come in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people were, were hated Ben Askren. And then when you when you go kind of to obscurity in Japan, it just gives you this, like, street cred and, like, quotation marks from yeah. all these, like, hipster fans. And they just make you out to be way better than you are. 
Um, maybe maybe he has made loads of improvements uh, since yeah. Bellator, but like we haven't seen it. Like you know, there's, there's nothing. I don't know how people are so sure he's. You know, you have uh, so-called journalists calling him like uh, the best welterweight ever and on Twitter constantly and like tagging him in the tweets. Oh, that's very funny. But yeah, there's there's no evidence. Like he he could be a very good welterweight. Like he could be a top top ten, top fifteen guy in the UFC. But we just don't know. You know, he's beaten some good guys back in the day, hundred percent. But yeah. he's never beaten McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of the top three best welterweights in the world, along with Wonderboy and Tyron Woodley, and you know GSP or whatever, a few more there as well. Ben Askren is not in that. I'm just sorry he's not. He's a very good wrestler. He can, he's he's troublesome. He can be a tough matchup for a lot of guys. If you fought Wonderboy now, maybe I'd give him a good chance against Wonderboy because he could get inside, take him down. I'd still pick Wonderboy to, to beat him. But Rory McDonald's a horrible matchup for him. Absolutely hard. And Tyron Woodley as well. Not a hope does he beat Tyron Woodley. Or GSP, no way does he beat GSP. So yeah, it's it's very hard. But I want to see if I want to see it happen because I want to see it tested. Like you know, if Ben Askren is good enough, I want to see him to prove I want him to prove that. You know, he's he deserves a big fight like that because he's beaten everyone that's come near him, apart from that one no contest or whatever it was. But uh yes, yeah, sure, Let, let's make it happen. Dude, Scott Coker and all the boys, let's make it happen. But I, I find it very hard to see Scott Coker actually making that happen because Bellator seemed to want nothing to do with him when he when he went over to Asia. So you know, probably we'll probably be waiting a while first. Yeah, this, uh, tournament, this million tournament will be will be good for him, but if he if he can get out of that one FC contract and manages to to get in there, but um uh, doesn't look like it's gonna happen. They've announced all the competitors now, but as I say, these tournaments they rarely they rarely go to plan. Um mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of fighters, a lot of weight cuts, a lot of training camps, a lot of possible injuries, a lot of a lot of okay, they don't really they're probably not going to be protesting too stringently, but uh, you know, fights could fall apart for numerous reasons, and a lot of this stuff might not happen. Mm-hmm. All right, a couple more things to mention before we get to the questions. Charlie Ward is fighting uh, Lewis King. Lewis King is one on one in his career last year by Fabian Edwards uh, at the end of last year, I believe. Um, this is on Bellator 200 as well. So, it's what, what do you think uh, of this fight? Is this normal enough sort of matchmaking? Not much to be said about it, I suppose. Yeah, it's a it's appropriate matchup. I think um, you you don't want to see you don't, you don't want to see Charlie going in there against guys who are like you know twenty five veterans and like you know maybe his first fight against uh, John Phillips he did really well in, but you know he he was no need to take that fight. I know it was a tournament with a lot of, with a big prize at the end, and that was why he did it. But um, I think I think building up is, is is better. Like even like you know we mentioned Fabian Edwards there. He's built up to four now, and now he's now he's fighting, or he fought a pretty experienced guy the last time. Now he's fighting a, a slightly more experienced guy, um, but a guy who has a few losses on his record. And you don't want to you don't want to go in too early. I think that's what happened with Charlie. He went to the UC too early. He was fighting these guys who were much more experienced than him, and um, and it did, it just it was an uphill battle all along. Yeah, uh, and then. Greg Hardy as well was announced. Well, it wasn't announced, I think, but MMA Today reported it and MMA Fighting came out and reported it afterwards as well. So you can take it as probably uh, as it's probably true. He's fighting on the Dana White Contender Series coming up. <clears throat> if you don't know Greg Hardy, he was an NFL player who was basically thrown out of the NFL uh, over accusations that he uh, uh, you know, was involved in domestic violence. Um, he was actually found guilty of that, but then went... To um <clears throat> to an appeal, and his partner, I believe, didn't show up, so it had to be, it had to be thrown uh, thrown out after that, uh, and then there was cocaine charges and a couple more things afterwards. But 
this, this isn't really a good look for the UFC, is it, to be bringing in a guy like this? I know a lot of people, and we, we obviously we don't know him much. Maybe you do because you're an NFL fan, but I don't really. But a lot of the kind of the MMA or MMA slash NFL fans and, and journalists over in America seem to find this, uh, and it's I don't like using this word problematic. This, uh, this <laughs> signing. What do you think about it? Um. Yeah. Um. It's. Like yeah, when somebody does okay, he was found guilty as you as you say, and then it was it was reversed or thrown out or whatever it was. So you could make the argument that you know this is the justice ran its course, but we all know how. Well, we don't. Maybe we don't all know, but a lot of people know how uh, justice is uh, is um, not always or <laughs> in the justice system. The justice is all is not always reached. So I can see the argument that okay, this guy has been cleared or thrown out or whatever and he should be allowed to go on and other people in life are allowed to work jobs after they commit crimes and stuff so but as you say it uh, he's, he's a high profile he's a high profile guy from the nfl so do you see do you see know that like you know we're talking about it now we don't really talk about contender series that often so it, it's going to bring eyes it's going to bring it's going to bring eyeballs to the to the show i'd say it's people are going to nfl fans probably want to see how it goes It'll probably end up drawing the best contender series numbers that they've done. So it makes sense business wise, and I can see the argument both ways that oh, if you're doing something like that, you shouldn't be allowed. But I can also see the he went through the process and he's come out the other end and he should be allowed to go on with his life. But uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Yeah, it is. Uh, all right, let's move on to the questions for this week. Uh, you can send your questions over to at SevereMMAPod on Twitter. You can email SevereMMAPodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want your question guaranteed, you can sign up patreon.com forward slash SevereMMAPodcast. It's, it's, it's <laughs> spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. So do that. It's four euro, 13 cent a month. And I think it's less, less, actually. Is it less? Exact. Uh, what time is it now? It's a quarter to seven Irish time. And at this time, it costs one sec. I think this is low four euro six cent. Four euro six cent. That's fucking nothing. That's the price of a sandwich. So sign up once a month to be shitty taken box out. sandwich from a from a topaz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no offense, topaz. Any petrol station. <laughs> if you want sponsorship, topaz. <laughs> get on to us. But yeah, everybody, everybody, sign up. We're still we 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 still like fucking ninety. 96 people or something so yeah do that and i'll give it to people a shout out in a second who signed up uh, recently but let's get to a couple of questions first the first one is from om mcnamee given shout out to Om. uh is lee's ground game on the same level as habib and other upper echelon graham fighters or is barboza's takedown defense just really bad i think um, it's i think it's a combination of both isn't it i think it's very different to habib's his jiu-jitsu yeah. was better than habib's i think but his top control and his Ground and pound is probably slightly below uh, Habib's, but it is very good. Uh, it, it is high level, uh, Kevin Lee's. Yeah, I think it's, it's similar but different, which may, may not make too much sense. But I, I'm, I, we kind of talked about this a lot earlier. Um, I, I think, I think he hits harder, but maybe not as devastating over over a few rounds. He's more inclined to knock you out, but he's. I think his takedowns are very, very good. He's. He's sharp at getting in with the double legs, changing levels and stuff like that. Whereas Habib is he sets more them up better, yeah. He sets <laughs> them up way better than Habib. Habib is more balls out, run at yeah. you, and take people. It people like think like oh, I've been, I'm obviously a big fan of Habib. I have him on that team thing we did, but mm-hmm. you know, people seem to think if you say anything about Habib's 
takedown takedowns or whatever that you're you're, that you're hating on him but his take i don't know what people are seeing his takedowns aren't set up all that well he gets there just through kind of brute force and just kind of relentlessness so it is kind of a different mm-hmm. style he's kind of just just kind of he's gone balls out until he gets you down and and he's very successful at that kevin lee is landing strikes and trying to get on trying to set up the shots so that he doesn't have to he doesn't have to chain uh attempts together that he'll get a first time so it's a different style and it's a different style i think kevin lee is more likely to kind of try and get your back and try to to mount you and uh, habib's happy enough to hold your hand behind your back and punch in the face repeatedly and every time you try to make a base he'll just whip that from under you and keep doing it yeah well said can i just mention at this interval that i got a new chair for my uh for my office and it's really comfortable so i'm enjoying it here now yeah man, nobody cares uh owen heffernan shout out <laughs> to the patreon people uh do you think frank yeager is successful unfortunately encourage any fighters to pursue similar quick turnarounds in their future no i don't think so i think it's you're you're either a guy who will do that or you're someone who won't do that or you're a guy who used to that and now you've changed and got kind of smarter about it i don't think I don't think what Frankie Edgar did will, will change anything because people will say, oh, look what happened to Michael Bisping or, you know, other people like that as well. So, no, I, I don't think it will. But it's the, I think the overall point and what he's kind of getting at here is the whole safety and things. And I don't think guys should be allowed to have turnarounds that quick or want to have turnarounds that quick. I think coaches and the UFC and everyone should be... um should be smarter in the fighters themselves uh, as well. Derek Kelly, if the UFC does Habib versus Connor, will they do a press tour like they did with Connor Aldo before Aldo pulled out? If so, what impact do you think this would have on Habib? What do you think, Graham? I don't think Connor would want to do that uh, again. Uh, he, he seems to want to cut down on the press. I think there was um, people were talking about if he was to step in against, you know, Holloway or uh, when when Holloway got injured against Edgar, that he kind of the reason he wanted to step in on short notice was so he doesn't have to go and do all that. But if the if the, the cheddar is right, then, then long papers can make everything all right. The um, would, the UC, would the UC want to do it? Would would they would they want to go through that again? Like Dane and want to go through that again? Maybe. Like when they people forget that when they did a World Tour with Aldo, that fight never happened until uh didn't happen when it was meant to happen after that all that promotion. Mm-hmm. Um Mendez had to step in and they had to remake the match and they didn't do a second one obviously because they'd already done one but they haven't done a proper world tour like that since bar the the kind of semi well it's, it's like a boxing but it was kind of the McGregor Mayweather it was kind of not really the same it was less stops and it was uh it was different but that, that's the only kind of similar thing they've done since so I don't think they would but I don't think Khabib and Connor and even Dana would be too would be too arsed to, to go through all that again. Yeah, uh, Derek Kelly as well asked about um, Leslie Smith. We t- kind of talked about that earlier. And Johnny Varnas, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, true or false? UFC comes to Cardiff in 2019. Cardiff, um, I'll go false just because it could, but it's very specific. I'm gonna say true. Fuck it. Travis Brown makes a jump from W from MMA to WWE. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I, I think so because I think I don't know who it was. Somebody tweeted that he was, he's been training much more yeah, than people has. realize or something. Mm-hmm. I, somebody said that who I can't remember. It might have been like somebody who's kind of in the know, like maybe me. I, no, I think somebody tweeted it. Maybe it was from O'Brien or or Potter or somebody. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, NXT and in Grad and WWE, but that is WWE. So I'm gonna say true. Yeah. Norman Park signs with Ryzen FF next. Uh, I'm gonna say false. Don't think so. Yeah, false. Cobb Swanson will be a UFC Hall of Famer by the end of his career. False. Uh, if he is, then I think everybody's going to be in the Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, and we'll talk about Matt Sarin in a second, actually. I think we have a couple of questions about that as well. Aljamain Sterling fights for UFC title at some stage. I think he probably does. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the Brazilian cowboy becomes a top five contender at some stage. Where is he now? Let me look. What is he? Welterweight. Uh, Alex Oliver, 13. Rankings-wise or actual? Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe. False. I'm going to say false as well. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, all right, let me get to the... Uh, what about Matt Sarah, actually, before we get to these uh, Twitter questions? In the... Uh, what is it? UFC Hall of Fame in the uh, Pioneers wing, which I found a bit odd, but... No. Well, he was, he was a big part of one of the biggest seasons of The Ultimate Fighter. Um, he was absolutely brilliant and hilarious on that. He, he made GSP... Brilliant! He made like his impression of uh, of Rich Franklin's advice is one of the funniest things yeah, ever. And then he, and the second he took the dog walked in, he just tells the whole story again, and everybody's in stitches again. Oh, yeah. And his argument with Mark Lehman is, is about uh, you're like you're like a professional swimmer who's good. never been in the pool and all. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, we can say nothing about that. So Shlofa, let's move on. Yeah, but uh, no, but it was just also funny though. It's the way the way it all happened. And then in making GSP, who people thought was unstoppable, tap the strikes. Like in, you know, he's. He's been a part of some of the, the, the big moments in, in UFC or in Zufa history, so I can understand that, yeah. And I think he probably deserves it. He like he he's he's done a lot for he's done a lot of coaching as well and had a lot of like Weidman, like knocked out Anderson Silva twice. Okay, one of them was like a leg break, but it's still a TKO. And he, he has some other good fighters as well. So I think he's done a lot for for MMA and for the UFC. True that. All right, Nick Ilde Q and A. Um the lightweight title will be defended at least two more times this year. Lightweight title. Who's in the who's happy? No, I'd say false. I'd say once. Yeah, I'd say once. Uh, Ramadan is coming up as well, which is going to be a problem. Well, I don't know why Habib can't fight during that, but apparently he can't. Yeah, it's very odd. Michael Chandler will fight in the UFC by the end of 2018. False. True. I think he's got one Ooh. fight left, apparently. Yeah. Okay, Conor McGregor will fight for the welterweight title in his career. True, true. Nate Diaz will fight in 2018. Mm. True, I'd say maybe at the very end of the year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna maybe I'm gonna say false for shits and giggles. Conor McGregor will appear on the MMA hour in 2018. <laughs> um, true, I don't know. I'm gonna say false. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if he has a fight to promote, like <laughs> if he doesn't, I doubt it. Frank Edgar's next fight will be for the 145 pound title. Next fight, ooh, true. <laughs> no, no, probably, I refuse. I, I, I'm going full Reiki in here. I refuse to answer that question. <sighs> true, <clears throat> Amy McLean. <laughs> do you know why pizzas are round yet come in square boxes and are eaten in triangular shapes? That's fucking insane, isn't it? Well, you can get square pizzas in Marks and Spencer's, and they're lovely. Oh yeah, you uh, yeah you can. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, uh, Aaron Cullen. Yeah, Aaron Cullen asks yeah. about Tough. Have you seen it? And what do you think? That first episode of Tough was maybe the most boring episode of Tough that they've ever had. It was and the same old. Uh, actually, those home happened. footage. I hate that home They're footage. Stupid, crap. Awful. Like, it's so crap. It's a crap home footage. If you didn't get any good home footage, just don't use it. Don't mm -hmm. use crap home footage. Like it's just terrible. But they didn't the, like, the fight was pretty good. Like, either, well, like yeah. he just destroyed him real quick, but. Spider um, alert. Oh, it's, it's, it's aired. It happened months ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. Simon O'Keefe asked about Greg Hardy. We just talked about that. Patrick Sheehan, Pat Sheehan123 asked, does Eddie Alvarez showing up, cutting a promo and answering questions show something missing from McGregor nowadays? He's forgetting what got him to the party. 
Sorry, sorry. Uh, what, does, what does he mean by that? He's basically saying, I don't know what he's saying. Is Eddie Alvarez coming talking shite? Uh, something that McGregor is missing that he's not turning up places and he's not really a part of it anymore. And he, him being kind of a part of it all the time before was what made him great. No, I just think it's changed for McGregor. He doesn't need to do that anymore. He's just, you know, he's kind of the draw now. He doesn't need to create any anything like this. And I think that's why a lot of people were saying this whole bus thing was all a PR something. All like, what? Well, he doesn't need that. Like, it's you know, it's. I don't think he needs that. So yeah, no, I, I don't think. Um, I don't think that. Paul Hugh. I we're actually going to get to that next week, Paul. But he's a question about who Habib will. Who do you think what fighter could beat Habib? So we'll get to that next week in the. Um, in the, in the state of the UFC address, Shane Saunders, does Sean actually like face to paint? I can never tell if he's sarcastic or not. I've kind of marked out for my own gimmick on this because I know I, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Do, do you, what do you think? Do you think I actually like face to paint or not? Do I like face to paint? Oh, but do I like it? Do oh, do you like it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you do. I think you enjoyed all the, the joking around it and it kind of becomes, becomes entertaining because it's so bad. But like, kind of like you kind of miss the stupid gladiator as well, and <laughs> even though it's stupid, like you know, it just it's been there for years, and I don't know. When you hear that music and that gladiator, you're like, oh yeah, here we go. Pay per views starting now, or the main card starting mm. now, the real the real fights are starting now, or the the big fights are starting now. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it makes Luke Thomas really mad as well, which is makes me yeah, happy. Yeah, always. So great. Good. I'd say he loved that song when he was younger, when he was a rocker as well. I'd say he's definitely. Just yeah. trying to hide, he's trying to overcompensate for the fact that that was his favorite song. Same with WWE. Freedom, he freedom, freedom, freedom saying the Severe Maypod uh, yeah. thinks that Face Pain was his favorite song when he was a rocker. Yeah, when he was a WWE fan rocker. Yeah, <laughs> there's that. There's no picture of him going around as well, isn't there? Oh Remember yeah, that? so funny. Oh, and so yeah, so that's great. Someone find that. Uh, Simon Darty, and I think you'll be able to answer this question. Can you lads recommend any good MMA documentaries? Um. I've been disappointed with a lot of them, but Choke, the Hicks and Gracie Choke yeah. one is very good. It's old now. Uh, the the Mark Kerr one is very good. I don't want to spoil it. but um, the Smashing Machine, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to watch that if you haven't seen that. The Smashing Machine and Choke, I'd say. And obviously, uh, all the McGregor documentaries are fantastic. <laughs> Irish as well. What about what other ones have you over there? Is there one on Paddy Pimdo you did a bit? There's one the on Striking Truth. Or sorry, the... T- Oh yeah, yeah, the little kind of mini documentary. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did the Ten Thousand Hours. Um, Paddy Houlihan and Owen Roddy. Um, it was Paddy Houlihan's last uh, profile before the the UFC against um the guy who um Artem Artemis Setenkov, who the guy who uh, leg locked Conor McGregor years years and years ago, and Roddy against Dean Lister's protege uh, Shannon Gugarty, who choked out Matt Grice unconscious at UFC one hundred, I believe. Um. So yeah, it's a, that's a good documentary. Ten thousand errors on um, on Severe and May. It was the first one we did uh, with with the SPG guys. So uh, yeah, it was it, that's really good. And then there's like the the like Water Anderson Silva one was good. It was all right. It, I was expecting more from it because it was hyped up so much. And then the Striking Truth GSP one I, I thought was was poor. Um, Fightville Dustin Poirier's one that was brilliant. I thought that was overrated as well. There was a few there's a few very good bits, but. Um, I I don't know. I didn't. I, I I it was hyped up more than I thought. I'm very fussy though with uh stuff like that, video and documentaries and stuff like that. Okay, Daniel Mannix, what would be a bigger upset? Darren Till beating Wanderby or Liverpool winning the Champions League? Um, like Liverpool are either going to be facing Real Madrid or Bayern Munich in the final. Yeah, Real Madrid are looking pretty crap this season, bar the Champions League, though. I don't know how, like, they got very lucky when they got absolutely hammered there by Juve as well. 
Um, Bayern haven't looked the best, but I think that's a tough one. It's probably similar enough. Like I think it's probably what a Liverpool to win. They're probably like six or seven to one to win it, are they? Or maybe less. Actually, there's only four teams left. Yeah, I'd, I'd say yeah, I'd say Till is the bigger underdog. I'd say he wouldn't be a bigger underdog at this stage, but I think I think Liverpool have more chance to win the Champions League than he has a beaten under by. But you would never know. Next question, Sean Betts. Sean, you're from Limerick. So can you so can you on the spot make up an MMA related Limerick? Do you think I can do it, Graham? I think you probably already read the question before, so no. Yeah, yeah. But kind of, do you want to hear it? I, I did, I did, I, I made it up. Can hear my uh, MMA, MMA related uh, Limerick. Here, here we go. There once was a man named Lee. He beat Edson really badly. He, <laughs> he took him right down. He used ground and pound, and now he wants to fight Habib. There you go. That's my Limerick. That was that was quality, was it not? If he had a couple on the spot, it would have been acceptable. But the fact that you thought of it for a while, it's 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 not great. <laughs> What's wrong with it? It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. It was all right. It was all right. Fairness. It was all right. I don't mind. I don't have one. <laughs> uh, Liam Flag, who has a great name, Killian underscore Dorn. If people people do people know where Liam Flag is from? Do you know where it's from? No? Say again. Liam Flag. Liam Flag. Yeah. No, no. It's from like an old rubber. I think it's rubber band. It's like bootleg uh, thing that was used to go around on phones back in the day, where they like ring up people and do prank calls them and stuff. Which you used to go around Limerick all the time, and he like ring up. Hello, here, there. My name is Liam Flag. <laughs> Like another one was like what was it? He's like Tommy World or something like. That. <laughs> he's all these funny names, but yeah, that's what he was like. But yeah, his question is: Who is most likely to become a champion in the next five years? Sean O'Malley, Yair Rodriguez, Zabit, Magomed Sharapov, or Israel Adesanya? I think Zabit. Sharapov. Garod yeah. Haggerty. No, Garod Hartnett. Sorry, Garod underscore Hartnett. Seeing as Aldo versus Stevens hasn't been booked yet. Hasn't? I thought it was. Does Edgar versus Stevens make the most sense for number one contender spot? Also. Aldo versus Edgar Tree makes no sense, so give him Swanson. Yeah, I'd be okay Swanson. with that. Swanson um, versus Aldo. I want Aldo to move up, as I said earlier. I just want him to move up. He's already fought all these guys. Um, he's not getting back to that title shot against Max Holloway anytime soon due to losing to him comprehensively twice. Um, I like, I like, I th- I'd like to see. If Aldo has better cardio and it is better at, without cutting all this weight in a really bad way that he seems to be cutting this weight. So uh, this why I, I want to see it. He's been talking about it for six, seven years. Aldo's been talking about moving up. He had a big announcement after the World Tour or after the, the on the World Tour for the McGregor Aldo. He was teasing a big announcement afterwards. Win or lose, I'm going to make this big announcement. And that big announcement apparently was that he was moving weight classes. But then when he lost, he, he stayed uh, for some reason. Maybe the UC, I want him to say, but he should have said. He, he's not really a, a company man. He's spoken out a few times. He's said he wants to be let out of his contract a few, and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think he should just do what he wants. And he seems to, for the last seven or eight years, want to move to 155. So I think he should do it. Mm-hmm. Mr. Podge asked a couple of questions there. And you're talking about weight cutting and stuff there as well. He has Parry and Lear calling out Habib after big wins. Is this a sign that the McGregor era is over and stuff? And then he asked as well. About if Connor comes back, does uh, does he get uh, does Lee get Alvarez or Poirier, uh, and it could, could he be a huge champ? I think that's all predicated on him making weight as well. You know, to, I know this weight cutting. All of these guys have trouble making weight. Uh, yeah. All these guys are failing to make weight, except for Connor uh, at the top of the division. Um, when have Poirier and Alvarez miss weight? Oh no, I mean though the the, the top ranked guys. 
that are actually going to get a title shot. I don't think Alvarez or Poirier are going to get a title shot. I think Kevin Lee, Tony Ferguson, obviously Habib is going to be in the in the title fight because he's has the belt at the moment. Um, maybe because of them not being able to be guaranteed to make weight, maybe Poirier can sneak in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I don't I really don't know, and I suppose we'll, we'll talk about it more in depth next week. And I, I don't I don't really know, so we, we'll give our thoughts. Um, dissect them next week. Uh, Gavin Springer asks about the UK TV deal. I'm going to answer that in our Q&A coming on, on Monday, so I'll get, I'll get to that then, Mr. Podge, as well. That's about Matt Sir and the Hall of Fame. We talked about that. Um, and it asks about the shit system of weight cutting that we have as well. Um, uh, all right, that's it. That's it, Graham. How are you? We finished up there. Hold on, there's actually one on Facebook. Let me Hold on, let me get to that. Uh, oh yeah, actually, well, while you're looking up that, I just like to make an apology to uh, Kenny Dalglish for comparing him to George Best. It was a big insult to Kenny's eight league titles, uh, three European cups, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Not to mention his Super Cup uh, victory and his four English titles, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, as a manager, so uh, sorry. People call me out and said I shouldn't been comparing him, and they were right. So uh, I admit when I'm wrong, and I'm apologize, Kenny Dalglish. Daniel Bradley, out of these four fighters, who's most <laughs> likely to get a title tie? Shuttle tot a title shot. Shuttle tot. That has to be a t-shirt. Shuttle tot. Oh <laughs> no, Darren Elkins for a shuttle tot. That should be a t-shirt. That would be make a great t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> win can they capture gold? Uh, Volkov, Usman, Vic, or Elkins? Who's likely out of those four to get a title shot? Volkov, Usman, Vic, Elkins. I think Usman probably is. Hmm. Um. Hashtag Elkins. Yeah, I don't know Elkins. I, I just don't. He hasn't. There hasn't really been the noises around him. But hasn't really been the noise around any of them. People are going a bit too far with this Volkov thing. I don't think he's. I think he's going to need one or two more at the top level to uh to get there. So actually, speaking of heavyweight, your boy Nganu against Le- your oh, boy Derek Lewis. How did you forget about this? Oh, your two boys. Oh my! How, dreams it's are coming like your through. kids are fighting. It's like. It's like Klitschko's mum or something having to watch them. Yeah. them this well, is, about what this is a fight. But, uh, this is like in One Tree Hill when Peyton and Lucas were standing under all the the ticker tape when they just won state championship. This was me when I heard uh, <laughs> when I heard about this. Like that's a, one night to be confused. The colors red and blue. That song was playing in the background when I heard about this. This is this is perfect. This is perfect matchmaking. For Derek Lewis, yeah. one shot ground a pan finish. Is it? Shut up. How dare you? <laughs> Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis and Frank Edgar are both going to win titles. Let's be honest here, and I'm, I'm, people are just going to laugh at me, and it's going to be funny. But obviously, Derek Lewis is going to be like uh, hands on his hips and like holding his back like he's injured right before he wins as well. Like, yeah. Completely out of gas, <laughs> having <laughs> eaten loads of punches. Get the absolute shit beat out of him. But yeah, yeah, that should be fun. I, I, I can't wait for that. Should be. It should be great, yeah, and I suppose we'll talk about that next week as well when we get to the, the state of the UFC. So, yeah, if you haven't heard earlier, state of the UFC uh, address uh, will be next week on Severe Meta.com instead of this podcast, but we'll do an extra little bit of a podcast for our people over on Patreon. So, patreon.com forward slash Severe podcast. Sign up there for four quid a month. Any final thoughts there, Graham, before we go? No, that's, that's, that's good. Thanks everybody for listening. Really appreciate your support. Please subscribe uh, on uh, on SoundCloud or on iTunes or wherever uh, you listen. Do that. Tweet out the podcast as well uh, at Severe MMA Pod and Facebook and all that good stuff. All right, that's it. 
Here's the inspirational quote for the week. Life isn't about doing great big things. It's about doing great small things. We'll see you next Tuesday or Monday or Sunday. Maybe even Saturday for my Patreon.